Hello and welcome to another episode of the Generosity Freak Show. I'm your host, Brady Josephson, and we have a very special episode for you today. Uh, I'm talking about giving with Drew Formsma, who recently wrote a book called Everyday Generosity. And uh, here's what's cool is he just turned 17. So he's talking about his own experience and how he's trying to live out generosity every day. He talks about the seven different ways of generosity. He talks about his relationship with his dad and how he learned to give. Shares a few stories of kind of the simple acts of of giving and generosity, which doesn't always include money. And even dives a little bit into some oxytocin and some research. Uh, Very impressive. He's a very fun kid. And it's a really great conversation, I think. And a good reminder, honestly, for those of us that are in the space and sector, we can get a little wrapped up and maybe dive deep into analytics. But giving is something that is so good and can be so simple. And that really comes through in this conversation with Drew. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And thanks, as always, for listening. Welcome to the Freak Show. Here we go. It's just another Freak Show. Here we go. I said, welcome to the Freak Show. Here we go. It's just another Freak Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Freak Show. Here we go. It's just another Freak Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Freak Show. Here we go. It's just another Freak Show. Here we go. Hey, Drew, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thanks for having me on. All right, so let's just get this out of the way. Uh, you're 17 years old, right? Just yes, recently just, turned? Yep, just turned 17. All right, what the heck is it like being a 17-year-old today? Because I can't wrap my mind around what it would be like to be a teenager. It's pretty busy. I mean, a <laughs> lot. I'm on varsity golf and uh, I a lot of social media stuff. It's a busy <laughs> world out there. A lot to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every now and then, my wife and I, we have an eight-month-old now, and we're just like, what is his world going to be like when he's a teenager? So who knows? <laughs> All right. So uh, the other thing, I saw that you had a, um, a goal to play the top 100 golf courses in America before you turn 40. And uh, I was hoping I could get in on that. Well, yeah, I'll invite you along. I just looking for that invite. I know there's <laughs> there's a lot of people out there, a lot of members, a lot of public courses. Yeah. Just trying my best. Well, you've got a lot more years to work with to get to that that number than I do, but uh, that's that's a great goal to have. So we're not here to talk about golf or the fact that you're 17, but actually to talk about generosity and giving something that uh, you know a lot about, especially well beyond your years. And uh, that's obviously the focus of this podcast. So uh, I kind of want to dive in first to um, your most recent book called Everyday Generosity. And just like, where did this idea come from for you to write this book? It's a crazy story. I, for about a year and a half, I'd been speaking with my father and who talks about generosity and the generous life um, in different churches, conferences, and so on. And one day he said, Drew, hey, would you want to come along and uh, hear one of my talks? And I'm like, sure. He's like, would you want to share a story on stage? I'm like, I've I've been waiting for you to ask. <laughs> and so that day I got up and shared a quick story for a minute and um, got a great reaction from the crowd. Great. Uh, people came up to me after and said, you got to keep doing this. So inspiring to see this generational generosity thing happening. And so I had been speaking and I'd had parents and grandparents, they'd come up to me after speaking and ask me, hey, I need to hear something from your perspective. You should Mm. write a book about this. Mm. Um, I mean, it's crazy you're speaking, but if you could bring this into writing, this could be a great way to multiply the message. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually had a crazy Uber 
ride one day. Mm-hmm. And I know Uber's sketchy. And <laughs> so the, my first ride, and in California, the traffic's terrible. So I had to get a ride from my house to school. And I get in the car, and this lady says to me, hey, is your dad Brad Formsma, which is my dad? And I said, yeah, I hope so. And she <laughs> said, no, no, no. I heard him speak at a recent conference I was at. He's really changed my perspective on this whole giving thing. And she starts telling giving stories. I'm telling her giving stories. And before I get out of the car that day, she says to me, hey, I don't know why I'm supposed to say this to you, but I can't get my kids to give. If we heard something from your perspective, I think that would switch their um, thinking. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) The next week, different driver, same situation. This man was like, your stories are amazing. This has got to go in a book. The world needs this message. And so nine months of writing this book. And the idea was it's all written through my perspective. It's all written mm-hmm. through my words. But my dad's stories and my family's stories are kind of woven throughout. My dad's been studying this for over a decade. And so we really decided the three ways I've separated the book into is I wanted to define generosity, show them that it's so much more than just money. Mm-hmm. We can be generous with our words, our time, our influence, the way we share our stuff, our attention, but also money. And then I wanted to go into what is generosity? Discover the ins and outs of it. I wanted to get into the giving and the receiving part, the, in, the intention bes- behind why we give. And then I wanted to get into sometimes we've had past experiences or giving's gone wrong. And I wanted to really clear that slate for people who have had a tough experience in the past and which might be shading their perspective today. Mm. And then it, I just share my stories throughout and demonstrate what the generous life looks like, how at my age, I can jump into this. And at any age, we all can step into this because we know the world needs this and the world's a better place when we're generous. Cool. That's pretty crazy. I, I need to spend more time in Ubers and just see what they tell me to I do. I know. I said, <laughs> I said, I thought, I thought Uber rides are supposed to be sketchy, not spiritual. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, I, I want to focus specifically on kind of the, the generational side of things, but you mentioned a lot of like stories and oh, oh, can you share one of your favorite stories around giving that, that you've experienced that's maybe in your book? For sure. Well, I'll actually go back to my first give it my first time ever sharing a story on stage. I actually this is crazy. I share the story about how my dad and I we were staying at our grandparents' um, cottage, and their pillows are really tough, and we were having a tough, tough time sleeping. And the rocks, the, I mean, the pillows were like rocks. It was just crazy. So we're like, let's go to Bed Bath and Beyond. We get into Bed Bath and Beyond, and this really nice lady showed us to the pillow section and. She showed us this this one pillow that she's going to get when she gets her paycheck because she's had some neck problems. And so we we start heading up to the counter, and we have two pillows. And my dad's like, hey, Drew, go grab an extra pillow. And I knew right then what, what was going to happen. And so we grab the pillow, and she checks this out. The first one goes across, clink, clink, the next one. And then she's like, I thought you only needed two pillows. And we're like, no, 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 that one's for you. And right there, her whole day changed. You could just mm. see her face. And the, the the whole store was like, what's going on? Why, do, why are you doing this? And that day, after I told that story on stage, a man from the back stands up and yells, I was the manager at that store. This has changed our culture. This has changed. We've had some turmoil going on, some employee chaos, 
this has really shifted our perspective because we started to realize that we were thinking a lot about ourselves and not about each other. And hmm. so I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and the lady ended up telling us that she has not had something like this done for her in over 30 years. Wow. And it just showed me, this is so simple. That $30 pillow turned into changing someone's day, changing someone's uh, month, Hmm. and really changing the culture inside that Bed Bath & Beyond. Interesting. Yeah, um, I've referenced this a few times on the podcast. So I'm up in Canada uh, where we have this uh, coffee chain called Tim Hortons. Yes. uh, Timmy's. Uh, that I frequent a lot. And one of the things that has been happening increasingly is uh, people just buy the coffee or even the breakfast for the person behind them. And uh, that happened to me like twice in the same week. And it's tiny thing. I don't necessarily need someone to buy me a coffee, but I was just so happy, you know, after I had someone buy me a coffee and then I bought the coffee for the person behind me and it starts this kind of like ripple effect, right? It's, it's amazing. Well, well, the research shows it's something called oxytocin. It's the hug drug. And when we hug someone, we get that feeling of happiness and joy and it's, we just feel loved. And that's what you felt. The amazing part is that when we give, the person giving gets all the benefits the person mm-hmm. receiving does as well and anyone that witnesses generosity they feel that as well hmm. and so that's exactly what you're talking about that generosity thing we we get that nudge you know that nudge that i should do something and that's mm-hmm. what you felt there is i think we have i just i define generosity as doing something for someone else without expecting anything in return yeah and that's really what i i like to count it's not we're not giving to get we're giving with the right intention, and there's a lot of benefit that comes along when we give. We live longer, we're happier, we're more joyful. I mean, who doesn't want to be generous? Who doesn't want to live a better life? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the interesting things because obviously you cited, you know, some of the, the the science and kind of physiological benefits. And if you sit down and ask people, like, you know, do you like to give or would you like to give? And if it's, if it's more theoretical, I think a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, you know, of course I love giving. But then we look at our everyday lives or on our side, we look at, you know, balance sheets or, or trends. And it's like, why aren't more people giving? So why don't you think more people do the small acts of giving or the large acts of giving? I'm glad you asked. I mean, I thought that I wondered that myself, too. And I looked at it in my life. My life, I, I get busy. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. You get in your zone. You're just moving along, doing the next thing. And you kind of forget to pick your head up off your phone and look around. <laughs> because once I, once I figured that out and said, this doesn't take more than five minutes a day. It can take 30 seconds to give a compliment to someone. I started to go, wow, I need to take the spotlight off of Drew and onto the people around me. Opportunities are around us all the time. I think we just need to become aware. And then when we get that nudge, we need to step into it and, and just do it. Is, is there any like, um, you know, tip that you have to, to make sure that you pick your head up? You know, like I've heard people who wear like elastic bands or they have, you know, like a timer or something that's, you know, it, it sounds easy. Like, oh, just make sure you pick your head up. But do you have any like tips or tricks to like make sure you do that in your day? Yeah, for me, I, I simply just go, what if I slowed down? just slow what I'm doing down. I just need to slow down and just, it's, it, it, it's not a performance thing. I think people get so worked up into this. Like we have to be giving. No, no, no. You don't have to give. You get to give. You get to step into this. And when I started to slow down, I started to go, okay, 
life's not all about me. That one more thing I could be doing can wait. Hmm. But what I can do is make someone's day. You simply, the mailman, every, I think we have everyday opportunities, everyday hmm. people we see every day. And so the mailman comes flying down the street every day. It's a layup. Go, go compliment for what he does. Delivers your mail every day. Bring him a snack, a cold, not a beer. Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> well, it's probably too early for a beer, but yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's just a simple way. The people that wait uh, do the uh, serve us at different tables. The people that do the dry cleanings. We just have opportunities, and we just need to go. This is easy. This is practical. But the easiest things can be the hardest things to do. That's mm. what I say. That's why people are not more generous. It's so easy. It's easy to walk by and not do anything or say anything. But I think that we just got to slow down. Well, what about for those people who, who often say like, oh, you know, I'd love to give, but I have nothing to give. I, I hear that often. I think people have these excuses and they have, I think they're, I, I call them kind of these hate words. They kind of say things that are like why I shouldn't get. They're excuses. Well, it's not the right time. Things aren't going right. Well, I, I, mean, I don't have enough money. I'm not in the right time. I, things aren't going right in life. And it's like in the deepest parts, in the valleys of life, we can give. I mean, my dad, he was diagnosed with cancer. And when, when, you, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you start to go, where, 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 what's my lifestyle looking like? What's my habit looking like? And you go back to your habits. When you make generosity a habit, it, it, you, go, you go to those in the tough times. And like I said, we can be generous in seven ways. And only one of those are money with our attention, our time, the way we share our stuff, all ways that we can step into. And I don't have a lot of money to give, <laughs> and I still am able to be generous in my everyday life. And that's what I wanted to give people in the book, Everyday Generosity, is I wanted to take them and show them this is so easy. This mm. is something that doesn't take a lot of time, but it makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. And it makes the people who you're helping their life's even better. Hey y'all, Brady here. Back to the interview in a second. But first, a question. Do you like going to nonprofit conferences? Uh, If not, maybe you're going to the wrong ones. And maybe you should try coming to ours. (laughs) It's pretty different. It's pretty fun. And I think you'll enjoy it. It's called the Nonprofit Innovation and Optimization Summit. We are heading into year four of the summit. And next year on September 24th, 25th of 2019, we will be in Denver, Colorado at the Ellie Culkin's Opera House. Should be a great time with some great people. You can learn more about this event at neosummit.com. And if you're interested in attending, which we hope you are, you can actually save 30% just for being a podcast listener. You can use promo code podcast to get 30% off your ticket. That is neosummit.com and promo code podcast. Hope to see you in Denver in 2019. You've talked a lot about kind of like your dad and you and the influence between you both. Um, How do you kind of teach giving? So as a son, how did you learn about giving? Obviously, you're still young, but when even you even when you were younger, because I think this is part of the challenge, right, is you maybe have a, a generation that gives and they're trying to pass that down. Or how, how did you experience that? Or what tips or advice do you have for people who are trying to teach this? Well, I came up with an acronym in my book. It's called ME, M-E-E, 
model, encourage, engage. And I always say it's funny because it's not about me. It's about other people. (laughs) So model. I believe that when people, parents, grandparents model the generous life, do it themselves. They don't talk about it. They actually do it. When they start doing it, that's what happened in my, my family. I saw my parents doing stuff. They didn't talk about giving a lot. They didn't actually, oh, we're doing all this. They just did it. And I saw it and I was like, at first I was a little skeptical. Why are they, why are they giving to different people? Why are they so happy? And then I started to see, man, this is so powerful. What they're doing is really changing the world. And then the next is encourage. When parents encourage their kids to give, I think that's the powerful part. But when they force it, it gets really gross. Show your kids where they can give and help them understand why they give to start with. And then the last is engage. Engage in the conversation around the dinner table. Share the stories. I believe that when we share stories of generosity, it inspires the world. Now, there are some times that it's not the right place to share a giving story. And we got to keep those quiet. I feel like different places, I feel like God's telling me, Drew, don't share that story. But we know generosity inspires generosity. When we share stories, people are inspired. People are motivated to do it themselves. And then I have kids come up to me at school and they always ask me, I had this kid recently, he's like, Drew, I don't even know what giving means. And so the disconnect a lot of parents just shut it down. They're not going to talk about giving. They think it's all about money, writing the big check. But really, it's so much more than that. And that's why I'm so passionate at my age to do what I do is because people need to understand that this is such a huge part of their life and a part of their lifestyle. Mm. And I'm not asking people to change their whole lifestyle. I'm asking people to add something to it. Yeah, well, and especially because it's so beneficial, not just for them which again, live longer, healthier, happier, but also for their communities. And uh, we, we're actually having this kind of discussion uh, with a bunch of friends because we all have young kids. And so we were talking about this. And, you know, there's an idea that it's like, I'll give kind of once I have, right? Like <laughs> once, I've, once I've made it, once, once I pay off my student loan, sure. once I get the new promotion, then, then I'll start to give back. And uh, I just don't think that's how it works because then there's always something else, right? It's always more and more and more. And so that's why starting young is so key because if you can have it modeled for you early and this idea of you don't give when you have, you give because is, is so fundamental, right? Yes. And like I talked about, you go to your habits in life. You go to what, what you're doing, what, you're, what your lifestyle looks like in the times that aren't going right you still can give. And I, that's the powerful part. I'm not going to, because of a tough times going on, I'm not going to let that steal my joy that I get from giving. And I, people just need to go, I mean, it's never going to be good enough. The next promotion, the next mm-hmm. thing, it, it's never going to be there, but we can step into this. And this is something that we really need to make a lifestyle because, and it, it, it changes future generations to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the compounding effect of kind of teaching it and passing it down is, exactly. is massive. Um, do you have any kind of more stories or, or tips that you want to share with us before we talk a little bit about I Like Giving and, and where people can learn more about you? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll tell another story because stories are fun. <laughs> I love telling stories. Let's do it. So one day, I it was my birthday and our family's sitting around the dinner table at this restaurant. And I, I kind of got curious because I saw something out of the corner of my eye and I looked again and I saw this kid on his phone and the grandpa was just staring off, looking at the ceiling. 
And I said to my family, hey, I've seen too much of this. I got to do something. And my family's like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. And so as we leave the restaurant that day, I made a little pit stop at their table and just said to the kid, hey, is that your grandpa? He's like, yeah. I said, I bet your grandpa's got some great stories from his life. Wouldn't you want to hear some? It's like, yeah. I said, you're going to have to get off your phone to do that. <laughs> that phone was in his pocket really fast. <laughs> and as I, as I walked away and looked back through the window of that restaurant, I saw them talking. And I always say that my one decision could have changed their relationship forever. My one question could have changed their relationship forever. And I think we all can give one question. The best way to clarify any giving story is just asking question. I mean, there, there are times that it, it doesn't always go right. There was a kid in my class who I knew he loved football and I, I really wanted to give him my signed jersey by a football player because I'm sure I was like, I'm sure he's going to love this. Mm-hmm. And so I had it in my backpack and I just asked a question and I said, Hey, do you like this player? And he's like, no, no, no I don't like him at all. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, right there. I knew clarifying, giving opportunities. You can just ask a question. It's the best way to see what, if, if, if you can step in. And I did my part. I mean, oftentimes people can get so stuck onto objects, stuff in their life, paintings, whatever, cars. And for me, this jersey might have been a little tighter to my heart than I wanted it to be. And so just the fact that I even released it and said, okay, I'm willing to give this up is powerful. And I think a lot of the listeners today might have something in their life that Maybe it's not financially. It might be something in their life, something in their house that they like a little more than they should. Maybe try giving that away. Yeah, no, that's a great reminder. You know, and, um, you know, we talk a lot about generosity and unleashing generosity. And I think it's actually one of the most paramount battles that we have to fight because the antithesis of generosity isn't uh, not giving. I think it's actually like needless consumerism. And those two things, what we do with our money and our words and our time says a lot about what we believe and who we are as people. And the more that that tilts towards generosity, the better we are as people and better we are as society. And the more that's like, I got to buy some more stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's a dangerous thing, right? And so uh, the thing that I've appreciated about all your stories and what you're talking about sounds so simple, but you're always looking for these opportunities, whether it's to like say a word or give something away. And I think that's the key takeaway for me is, yeah, generosity is easy, but it doesn't just come naturally. Like you have to work and look for it. Yeah, you got that totally right. Um, I think I think you're dead on with that. And we're always looking for opportunities. We're always looking for ways. My dad has a perfect saying, when we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. We got to, when we see an opportunity, we get to make the decision. Are we going to fulfill it? Are we going to step into it? Or are we going to sit on the sidelines and watch it, watch somebody else do it? And sometimes somebody might not be there to do it. And then we, we the ripple effect, you, you said that earlier, it's such a powerful part one story, you never know the impact. That one pillow story, you never know what that had, who she shared that with. It's so important to remember that if we if we think that giving is this crazy thing we can't do, then we're, we're not going to be able to step into it. It's It's practical. And it's something that we need to bring into our everyday lives. 
Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on today to share your story and multiple stories from from your experience. Uh, I know it's been useful and inspiring to me, so I appreciate it. Uh, Before we go, can you just tell us a little bit about I Like Giving and then where people can find out more about you and your book? Sure, I'd love to, but I want to just add one more thing. Yeah, great. We don't have this whole thing. We we don't get it right all the time. I mean, I miss opportunities all the time. I was at the golf range, and this kid forgot to put the bucket under the machine, so the balls went all over the ground. And what did the giving guy do? He walked past it. So there are times that I miss, and I was right in front of my friends, and I could have modeled it, and it's okay. I missed it, but I... If I, if I get stuck on, I missed one opportunity, you get back up and you keep going. I mean, we don't have this all right. Stories I've shared today are kind of my Instagram version. It's life gets messy. Sometimes it doesn't go right. Sometimes it doesn't. I think we just need to go, if our intention's right, then it's okay. Whatever the result happens. And we can't, if someone doesn't respond in the way that you wanted them to respond when you gave, it's okay. Give with no expectation with anything in return. Now, the book, Everyday Generosity, Becoming a Generous Family in a Selfie World, is available on everydaygenerosity.com, and it's on Amazon as well. And we've had people buy 10, 20, 30,000 uh, because they started to realize that this is a great way to involve people in the generous life, how simple it is, how a 152-page book can be so powerful in the lives of so many people. And you can go to ilikegiving.com to watch some of these three to four minute giving films that could inspire your team, whoever you're with, your family, and start to realize, show your kids this example of the generous life. So you can go to I Like Giving to watch those films and be inspired. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to uh, include that in the show notes and send it out as well uh, to help unleash generosity. So thank you so much for coming on and thank you for writing a book and sharing your heart and passion with us. Yes, thank you so much. This has been fun. Hey, this is Brady, and I just want to say thank you for listening to the Generosity Freak Show. If you want to get all future episodes, please be sure to subscribe at generosityfreakshow.com, or you can just search the Generosity Freak Show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have comments, questions, feedback, you can email us at podcast at next after. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the Generosity Freak Show is produced by Next After, where I work. It- Next After is an online fundraising research lab that works with nonprofits to help them grow their online fundraising. And our mission is to unleash the most generous generation in the history of the world. You can learn more about us and what we're up to and see our latest research at nextafter.com. Lastly, this show would not be possible without my co-host, Tim Kuchuriak, and our amazing mixologist and producer, Nathan Hill. So many, many thanks to them. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>